0: What's up shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy the number one cock boy, still saying it, even though it's way deep into 2017. It's me, Johnny G, John Gabrus, the host of High and Mighty. I am not in the High and Mighty studios, so my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabrus, is not present. But my nearly silent engineer, Nick Rad, from the East Coast HeadGum office, is here. And also joining me, return guest. We called it, we said we would come back and talk about it, and we finally get to do it. Guys, joining me again is Griffin to talk about... Fate.
1: I, I cannot uh, tell you how excited I am that we're actually doing this. Dude,
0: when you message me and we're like, wait, you're in New York, how long are you here for? I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm actually doing other high and mighty episodes. And can you do this time? You're like, it's not ideal, but I can.
1: Because <laughs> I'll say this I've continued to get messages. On a semi-regular basis, being like, "When's that? When's that coming out?" I surprisingly get a lot too, and most of my listeners are, I think, have like canaryed uh, f- goldfish disease, yes. where they you listen to something for an
0: hour and then blank out and never remember
1: anything. Right, and I think I, I think because we didn't do it right when Fate came out, a lot of them gave up.
0: We did. We talked about the Fast and the Furious franchise like, and put it six out the week before. that... Yeah, like, right, right, right.
1: We recorded six weeks before, but then the episode you, you released it the week of. Right, yeah. So then sort of
0: before to be like, we're excited. And then we were like, well, definitely. And for the listeners who don't know, we
1: live on opposite coasts. Right. We're busy individuals. But I was filming a TV show for the entire time since we recorded that episode. Right, it was right
0: before you started until the Until essentially a week ago. <laughs> yeah, and now you just wrapped it. tick. I'm just now available <laughs> again. And I just yanked you out of the sky yeah. where you're like, I'm finally gonna
1: relax. I'm like first we talk fate <laughs> no but i got all these fate thoughts bottled up inside of me it's that I,
0: really funny because i have said on other podcasts i started talking about fate and i'm like in my head i'm like on other episodes of my yeah, own podcast yeah. i'm like i really gotta wait till griffin comes i did comes. that
1: too i did that too we did like a, a mailbag of my show uh blank check and someone said like what are your thoughts on on fate because they know i've and i said like i'm just gonna give you a very quick once over because I got to save some stuff for Johnny G. <laughs> yeah, all right, we well gotta here we dig are. Into it.
0: So let's let's get into it. First yeah. of all, I loved it. Okay. I liked it a lot. Oh, okay. It's the first one that's showing its scaffolding. It reminds me of like the third uh, like the third Iron Man which actually was good or like the second Thor where I'm like okay how many of these can
1: they really do see interesting I love both Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 oh I love uh, Iron Man 3 I like Thor 2 I do not okay Thor 2 I like but I know I'm in a very very small yeah yeah yeah. that's a rare thing
0: um, mm-hmm. And I like, we've talked about this on the previous episode, but I like most things, sure, <laughs> In most sure, movies. I'm sure. like, my, and that's why I loved Fate and it was exactly what I wanted it to be, but it did start to feel like, also, I think I might be, and I hate to say this because it's such a hack thing, but like, I have weird like fatigue where I'm like, really? I have to see a Star Wars movie every year? Yeah. It's starting to feel less, ex- it's starting to make me be like. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll catch this one. I haven't right. I haven't seen Spider-Man yet. Yeah. Which is crazy for me. Yeah. Like to have not seen a Marvel movie
1: and it really isn't affecting me. It's it's very bizarre. And I think it's weird, like it's not even that, oh, there are too many Marvel movies, so I'm getting tired of Marvel movies. There are too many franchises that are operating with too much frequency. Right, yes. That it it now feels equivalent to like how we watch TV. Where it's you're like, like, oh shit, Game of Thrones is back on. There goes my Sunday night. Right, so it's right. Like, you know, but but even like I used to watch that. You know, I used to watch the X Files on Thursday, but now like this season's gotten kind of rough, and there's yeah. this new sitcom I like. So right, right, right. And you're pre- like DVR shit around, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. You know, and you're like
0: maybe I'll catch that, and then you're like, yeah, I guess I'll DVR bat War for Planet of the Apes, right? Or whatever. You, but which, by the way, I did see and loved.
1: Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> but but it's like I looked at that movie did kind of poorly, which is very bizarre because. It's like one franchise where each film's been kinda of better than the last, where it's grown and it and has And it's like... a singular franchise, it's not a extended universe right. either. And I kind of felt like, well, it seems like there's franchise fatigue like kicking in with Pirates and Transformers and these other movies that have been like, Bloom's been off the rose for a couple entries in a row right, now. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I was like, but Plan of the Apes is going to turn that tight. I think there's just a general like, you're, you're asking too much of me. Well, like there's too many different narratives I'm having to hold on to these it, days. It's also the people who go to all these movies, the people like myself and I'm assuming...
0: Myself as well. Yeah, yeah they right. exist uh, f- throughout uh, America and the world. I feel like you're like... Well, I truly can't go to the movies once a week. Like, I would like to, but I truly can't. And if I miss a movie opening weekend, and also I'd never hear very good things about it, I'm going to not maybe get around to see... Like, when I finally get to go to the... Like, for example, I was, like, out of of town for a while. I was in New Zealand traveling and in New York for a while. I missed a bunch of stuff. And it was around the time of Spider-Man, War for Planet of the Apes, Uh Baby Driver, like, those movies. That, like, that six-week span. And I came back, and I was like... Oh shit! I can see two movies this week, and I started trying to catch up, and then I found myself having to prioritize Mm -hmm. rather than going. What's out? I'll see it. Right. And I was like, holy shit! I never got around to seeing Spider Man, and I don't. I'm not upset about it. Yeah. And that terrifies me. If you told 15 year old Gabriel, you're going to skip a Spider Man movie. You're going to be not. You're going to be underwhelmed by a Star Wars movie in 2017 and not care about 2018
1: Star Wars. You're going to turn down the opportunity to see Spider-Man fight Michael Keaton. Right. <laughs> Fucking Keaton's one of my favorite actors too. We almost made the episode, our original episode about Keaton Right, So Fast we were and, g- <laughs> and Fierce, That was the coin flip. Like what <laughs> yeah. are the two things we both are really fanatical love, yeah. about? And it's, right. And, right, exactly. And yeah. it's like,
0: why the fuck wouldn't I, and I even loved Spider-Man in Civil War. I thought Tom Holland yeah. was great yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah, And I was really excited for it. And then it just kind of came and went. And I think We have to, like, every bit of hype for new movies feels so
1: uh, fabricated now, and it's really upsetting. Yeah, Right. Whether they're good or whether they're bad. Like, every week you hear that something's the worst movie of the summer and the best movie of the summer.
0: (laughs) Right. Dude. Holy shit, I haven't... Like that makes so much sense. Like, not a way I've heard it phrased yet, but that's that's exactly what it is. It's like Skull Island garbage. (laughs) Skull Island changing the game. (laughs) Yeah, and you're like, wait, I saw Skull Island. (laughs) (laughs) I saw Skull Island. I loved it. It was fun. There was big apes. There was guns. It was a period piece. I'm into it. Eugene Cordero shooting machine gun. How can I not be excited? Yeah, ticket bought. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm in. And then it's like, and people are like, this is what's wrong with cinema. Or some people are like, finally, the world is coming around to cinema.
1: Which I think also. uh, the world has finally learned to love cinema. <laughs> Thank you, Skull Island. Um, um, like
0: Russians are crying <laughs> as they salute uh, a, a printed-up photo of the poster.
1: <laughs> I think there's an element too of the fact that like uh, it, everyone, uh, everyone's opinion kind of holds equal weight on the internet, which is upsetting. And I'm
0: so tired of that shit.
1: Because even if it's like, well, this is the uh, A.O. Scott of the New York Times, a critic I respect. And and here is someone whose name is literally like... MAGA weed killer 420 (laughs) you know yeah they're both their quotes about Kong Skull Island are existing right next to each other in the same platform in the same font right right, and it just kind of becomes information that just like goes one ear and out the other yeah
0: and I'm not a big fan of Rotten Tomatoes either
1: no Rotten Tomatoes can fucking suck a dick can I talk about Rotten Tomatoes for a second yeah let's do
0: it please Uh, because I have some strong opinions about Rotten Tomatoes as well
1: Uh, I, I've, I've had a, a long running crusade against uh, a filmmaker and I use that term very loosely, Colin Trevorrow.
0: (laughs) How did I not think this is going to come up? We have been DMing about Colin for a while. A long time, right? (laughs) You are openly not a fan of his. Not a
1: fan of his work. And which is
0: his first one? The uh, safety,
1: not guaranteed. Yeah. I like that movie. Jurassic world. And, uh, and then the book of Henry, which is my least favorite movie of all time. I say that non-hyperbolically. Yeah. There is no film that better encapsulates everything I don't want a movie to do than The Book of Henry. I have not seen The Book of Henry yet. I haven't met the guy. Maybe, you know, he's... He's nice enough. He's getting jammed up by studios. Writers I, are fucking I, him over I, or whatever. I don't know. but it, yeah. But it feels like, and perhaps I'm using him as an unfair scapegoat, he symbolizes a lot of what freaks me out about studio franchise filmmaking right now. His trajectory, the films themselves, all of it, right? Um there does seem to be this weird thing running where people
0: get huge second movies. Yes. <laughs> like that is not a thing in any other business. If you don't get to do a stand-up set and then your next stand-up set's on Carson.
1: Like, Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> right. You no one goes from an open mic to a late night slot. Right, right. Which is kind of what's happening in the film industry now.
0: And, yeah, and is it because then the production uh, the uh, production company and the producers have kind of power over that? That's what I
1: believe it is. That, right. that is my understanding
0: They can pay them what would be an insane amount of money to the director of Kings of Summer. Right. You can give them uh, blockbuster money
1: without having to give them Bruckheimer money. Right, and it's yeah. a trend that I think is really bad. Because I think what they're doing is like, hey, you made an indie film, which is like making an indie film and making like a giant blockbuster almost two entirely different processes <laughs> yeah. right I mean I've done zero and e- of
0: either, and right. I can guess that's <laughs> yeah. similar. Yeah. I mean, I've done a day of work on a blockbuster and a day of work on sure, Indie so sure I sure get sure, that. sure yeah. Sure. yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, neither of us, let's say, have directed either of those types of movies, right, right? right? But just from being in the industry adjacent, yeah, yeah. parallel to people who are actually very successful. <laughs> right, right, You know, I think just we kind both of, kind of— I know
0: some pretty famous
1: people. Right, right, right. We, but then not to brag, both of us sometimes get drinks once a year with some pretty famous people.
0: <laughs> I mean, I know that comes across as a hot brag, but yeah, it's yeah, true. Right, right
1: it's been a while and you try to catch up and you realize certain distances now exist yeah, just okay, because you're they're at a different level yeah. of now.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, am I annoying you?
1: <laughs> they can still kind of keep you in the loop because you're like in the industry, like yeah. you're professional, you're not totally outside but of it. But you don't there. want to hear their complaints because you haven't even had a network. Right, so and of. also their complaints sound like juvenile to you because they were <laughs> like, I'm six complaints past that now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in mean, a so whole true. different yeah. sphere of complaint. But that being said,
0: these indie directors getting big budget movies
1: as their second I movie think their movie. idea is, oh, here's a quality that they had in their indie film that was really good. Right. What if we could add that quality to this giant machinery of this right. franchise we have that's so built out? But all these franchises now are run by your your Kathleen Kennedys, your Kevin Feige's, your people who are sort of yeah. like the grand overseers of these.
0: Who's the guy that's like ruining them all, whose name is on like a bunch of bad uh, big budget movies?
1: Uh, Avi, nope, Ari, something, whatever. I Avi Arad. He w- he was the original. No, no, uh, uh yeah, oh, Orsi. I'm forgetting. Yeah, I know. Kurtzman Orsi were the guys who like wrote did the first the Transformers, Transformers and the first stuff, Star Trek. Yeah. And, and what
0: did I just watch that Kurtzman directed? The Mummy.
1: Oh, Kiva Goldsmith's who? you're Kiva Goldsmith
0: is who I'm thinking of. Yes, whose name is like on a lot of big budget flops. Right. Yeah. Who
1: wrote Batman and Robin? <laughs> the f- one of the most famous. Right. <laughs> Right. Shitty franchise movies. Right, it's still allowed to write like superhero movies right. like twenty years <laughs> later. But wrote Batman and Robin, but also won an Oscar for A Beautiful Mind. Right. So who knows? So yeah. he's like still dining out on that, and yeah. they let him like take over all these properties in one way or another. He's producing or writing or yeah, rewriting yeah. or whatever. That's the name all kinds types of, yeah. of films. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a guy who's just been doing solid hack work behind the scenes for a long time. Right. 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 Someone mm-hmm. like like Trevorrow or like Jordan Roberts. It's like. Here's this little movie you did in a very contained way where you had a lot of control over it. And filmmaking is always tough. You had to make decisions. No one ever has complete, you know, ability to recognize their vision right. or realize it. Especially on an
0: indie level. Timing yeah, 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 and money yeah. and just yeah.
1: the the rain hits the wrong way. Right. Or, you know. Yeah, you're like, it
0: rained two days. We lost two days. <laughs> right,
1: right. But it's a much more kind of like organic bootstrappy process. And now you're in this thing where there are like a thousand different considerations that are... Uh, totally counter to just a normal creative storytelling process. Right, right, right. Um, and I, I think they used to want to get people who they knew had managed movies of that size.
0: That used to be the, like you're in nothing until you're in everything, right? You can't, uh, you can't write for a TV show until you've written for a TV show. You can't right. direct a big budget movie until you've directed. A big, somehow you have to just pop into one and like right. yeah, yeah. And
1: both in terms of the actors who were leading these movies and the directors who were directing these movies, yeah. they're more likely to take a flyer on a screenwriter because they can always like you know take rewrite the them paper, times. whatever. Yeah, but yeah. the people who have to be there on the day doing the work on camera or behind the camera. Yeah, they get people who at least had done something that was one tier below that. Right, right, right. There was a never jump six tiers. Yeah, like yeah. you look at it. In 2002, uh, it was crazy that Christopher Nolan went from Insomnia- To Batman. Right. To Dark Knight. Which was, Batman Begins was his fourth movie. Batman Begins, right, right, right. You know? Yeah, and that's Memento,
0: Insomnia. He did
1: Following was like his first tiny, tiny movie. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he did uh, Memento, which was like a big breakout. And they're like, now you get to make a $60 million cop drama with Al Pacino. And and it gets Robin released Williams. on Memorial Day. <laughs> a
0: movie that would never exist today. <laughs> right. It just wouldn't happen. I just recently rewatched that. It's too. really fucking good. It's I oh, I love it. I I th- I liked it. It was better than I remembered it. Uh-huh. And but it also made me be like I watched that and I was like, oh, Inception is not that great compared to, this. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> sure, in a sure. weird way, I was like, Inception blew my mind. I was like, actually, this is kind of fucking cool and weird
1: You know what I mean? Like, and it's kind of cool to see him just focus on like, you just yeah. got to get the script right. Like there also aren't all these
0: spinning plates. Al Pacino's big in that movie, but he's late career Pacino,
1: small. Because he has, yes. he, he hasn't been that. He's not that small in five years in either direction from that movie. It is his last great performance in a theatrical movie. Yes, yes. He yes. now either goes big in movies or he plays like subtle creeps on HBO. Right, right, right. He plays famous real life monsters. Creeps. Yeah. <laughs> He's the I king shouldn't of say Kevorkian's a monster, but he's a freak.
0: Creepo. We can say Creepo. We can say Creepo. Yeah. And Madoff, Creepo. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Or
1: no, De Niro did Madoff, right? Oh, did he? I they might... must have had like an arm wrestling match over <laughs> yeah, that They're one. like, let me have this yeah. one. Oh, you want this uh, one? Oh, you wanna. Uh, but he's doing <laughs> Paterno now. Right. Oh, fuck. And then what was the other one he did? He did Phil Spector. Oh,
0: Spector is who I was thinking of when I said... Uh... When I said, but uh, he did Adolf. Kavorkin as well, yeah. right,
1: right, right, uh, and then and then he also did Roy Cohn and Angels in America.
0: Oh, shit, right? Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. He's doing HBO dramas and fucking huge budget and and, and uh, what's the Adam Sandler one? Where Which he's actually kind of good. At. That movie's insane. It features a Dunkin'. Do- it features like five full Dunkin' Donuts commercials. Cappuccino? <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, keep on wanting him. the The central conflict of that movie is: can we get Al Pacino to do a Dunkin' Donuts campaign?
0: Yeah, and then they give him movie money to do a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, more or less. Where it's and I'm sure Pacino. Happy Gilmore uh, or Gil- um, Happy Madison got money from dunkin donuts to like 100 percent. it's
1: an insane this hand washes that hand type yes. situation that i way. like this episode is now just becoming the state of the film industry
0: <laughs> from two guys who are dying to really get in it <laughs>
1: right right <laughs> two guys who desperately want to be in specifically
0: fast and furious Nine. <laughs> right. and let's be honest uh colin trevorrow i'll work with you
1: <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember how i got onto trevorrow now because um, we I were talking to, about yeah.
0: we can see the scaffolding a little bit in Fast 8 and uh, franchise fatigue and they're giving these uh, big movies right. to indie directors. Right. It, but also not letting them bring the flavor. It looks like the new Thor from... And forgive me for mispronouncing Taika Watiti's name. I
1: think it's Taika. Taika. Uh, I might be
0: wrong. I could be wrong too. Yeah. But the the guy who directed um, uh, Eagle versus Shark yeah. and Hunt for the Wilder People, it looks
1: like there's a lot of Thor moments that are in his tone or in his style. I think he's in an advantageous position because most people hate Thor too, and right. they were like, "We got nothing to lose. We contractually have to make a third fo- Thor. Right, right. So right. let's make something we that looks interesting worth on its own. Ten no matter right. what. Right. Let's we got to do another one. We have the slot already like reserved. Right, um, and I
0: think, and I think it looks it looks amazing. The trailer has yeah. got me really excited, and I think the tonal change is what is kind of exciting me about it. But you don't yes. see the tone of Kings of Summer in Skull Island, or the tone of Safety Not Guaranteed, which I really enjoyed in Lost uh, Lost you World do, or Jurassic see World. You do it for a shot or
1: two, or right. a line or two. Like yeah. I feel like the one moment I really like in Jurassic World, a movie I strongly dislike, is the the final sort of romantic uh, quote unquote moment between. Um. Uh, uh, why Pratt. am I forgetting his name? No, between uh, Lapkus and uh, uh, New Johnson. Girl, Jake Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, he thinks he's the lead of the Jurassic Park movie. Right, right, right. He right. thinks this is the moment. And that
0: feels like Duplass in uh, Safety Not Right, Contact, that's
1: yeah. like an actually funny kind of subversive moment. And right. like, unsurprisingly, it was improvised on the set and somehow that made it through. That <laughs> yeah. was the one that like made it through, you know? But I just think uh, it doesn't help anyone to to make films that way. Because you're giving people who don't have the, like, stamina to stand up for themselves. And you look right, at... And I think... And the people who are giving them that want that. They want, they want someone them. who's going to just be excited to be
0: in the room. Right.
1: And, and yeah. like, here's the scary thing. You run counter to that, which is like, uh, okay, so here's Lord and Miller doing Han Solo. These guys are four for four. Like, they've knocked it out of the park four times in a row. Right. Making movies that, like, people love, critics love, and did really well. Right? right. Yes. They're, like, successful on all counts. Every film they've made. And it's like, they should have that cachet to make Han Solo the way they want to. And then they And can. the fact that they came in and were like, we're directing this, we have opinions on how to do this, seemingly led to them getting ousted because those, uh, right. you know, opinions it, It's differ- hard to tell what actually happened. It who
0: could knows? be Larry Kasdan saying, like, like, you know, they cannot want to go with the script and, you know, you got to decide who to def- defer to. Sure. Kasdan or Lord and Miller or whatever. Like, whatever it could be.
1: Ever, anything could be happening, but you're right.
0: Those are those guys don't even have enough clout to right. say what the Han Solo movie should be.
1: And like, let's say they went straight from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs instead of going from that to Twenty One Jump Street, which was a really good step for them, right? To a Lego Movie, right? Yeah. What if they went straight from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs to Han Solo? Right? They probably just would have let their opinions get steamrolled over and go like, well, it's good to have the credit, and, right? You know, right, and get right. to take credit for the two scenes that are funny.
0: Yeah. Well, it always feels like that. You always hear stories like. Uh, Mike Myers, uh, Michael Myers, (laughs) Mike Myers would hire for like a gold member, like a guy who is just a patsy more or less as a director where it's like. He directs it in the room. You don't get to do anything, but you get your DGA fee and uh, a credit. And you get blamed blamed if it goes bad. Love
1: Guru was kind of the big example of that where he hired a dude who had been like an AD on the Austin Powers movies. And it was like his big first directorial shot. And the guy gets saddled with this like bomb. He's probably never going to get a movie made ever again. Right. Because he directed the Love Guru. Oh. You know, but it's like, that's not his fault at all. No, no, no. Zero
0: percent. Right. And he'll never get to work again, but there'll be directors who get like like 50 cracks which is insane too
1: right and a lot of these like you start to work on sets and you you know that you always get the best information from like the sound guys and like the hair and makeup people like that's right, where right. i get all my good gossip not yeah. our famous friends who see us once a year yeah, you yeah. Know? no, no no they're, they're less... still cages yeah
0: <laughs> there's the people the little people who are like right. you want to know some... actually mila kunis is really cool right and when <laughs> and you're you... like and yes when...
1: i know now i now know that vibe and when you're our level of actor you talk to those people a lot Right, because they're they're the you're the only person talking back to them, right. so they're excited <laughs> right, to talk right, to right, you. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but they just tell you, like, yeah, that guy he was in got hired to direct one of those kinds of movies, and they totally steamrolled over him, and they brought someone else on to reshoot most of it. But then the movie did well, and he got to make another two hundred million dollar movie, right. and then the same thing happened. Yeah. Like these guys are like going from movie to movie, just like not really directing them, failing upwards. Right, yeah. and Fast and Furious is kind of weird in that sense. And that it has oddly been director-driven. Right. The main creative force behind it is Vin at this point.
0: Which is insane. Which is insane. Which is an insane sentence. Also, I love that we just say Vin. He's
1: Vin. (laughs) He's our boy Vin. Pareto. Right. (laughs) Family. Right, but you can also tell that they, like... Design these one at a time. There isn't some like grand master plan. And that's, I Uh,
0: look, we're gonna talk about Fate of the Furious right after this sentence, but I just watched the Guy Ritchie King Arthur. Sure. And I was like, I love Arthurian legend. I was so pumped. And I was like, I'm ready to like this if it's a fucking C Mm minus. And the movie sucked so bad. And then I was like, there's so many characters, there's so many layers. It makes no sense. It's so busy. And then I like look at the fucking IMDb and you can't ever really trust IMDb. But then it says like, first of five planned movies. I'm like, there you go. You got the cart before the fucking horse here. Yeah.
1: And that's the problem is all these movies are planting seeds for other movies. Someone went to Warner Brothers and pitched, what if you do one movie for each of the Knights of the Roundtable? Right. Yeah. Which is the dumbest fucking idea in the world. Yeah, <laughs> and I think at some point the plan shifted to like maybe it's not all the knights but Merlin gets his own movie and Guinevere right. yeah, gets yeah, her own movie there's like an movie. origin
0: story for blank and but we then, like, yeah. who
1: wants to see a fucking King Arthur movie that doesn't have all the other characters in it right. it doesn't
0: you have to have a banger of a king arthur movie and then retroactively go i
1: think we can subside on a lancelot movie you know what i mean i also think like iron man is a total anomaly that people keep on thinking is a replicatable model right Uh, iron
0: man you're talking about fucking john favreau peak in his career in blockbuster lightning
1: in a bottle and rdj on a fucking huge rebound coming in hot i remember my dad Reading that Robert Downey Jr. was cast to play Iron Man, and he said, "Do you see here they're they're having Robert Downey Jr. play some robot guy in a Marvel movie? They're really <laughs> running out of stuff. And they're stripping the bottom like of
0: the barrel. A true movie star back in his fucking full, like killing yeah, it, right? And they Marvel hasn't even found that again. No, no, yeah. they haven't.
1: You know, and they've made movies that are very successful, movies that work less well, but yeah. the entire backbone of that entire universe is that that movie captured something and was sort of off the hump and surprised right. people, and yes. they were into it." And the entire vibe and comedic sensibility of all the Marvel movies has been reverse engineered from what they accidentally landed on on set. Because apparently that movie was largely improvised.
0: Right. Because it's Favreau and because it's RDJ. And And they're both like riffers. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right. And that's...
0: You're looking at a movie that's like, the formula is like, it's like 28% funny. Right. And then every
1: Marvel movie's like, yep, there you go. But you can't try to like reverse engineer that movie. (laughs) No, no. You cannot try to reverse engineer a franchise from that movie. Which is crazy. And now we're on, we're going to see movie 25 of that franchise this week or whatever. But they just were smart when they realized they had something to keep going with it. Yeah. But other people can't be like, well, let's just try to make an Iron Man. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know? Let's make an Iron Man. But also, while we're making the Iron Man, let's mostly be thinking
0: about the Avengers and this and that. Sure. And it's like, no, no, no. You gotta have... Iron Man first, right? And Guy Ritchie and Jax Teller aren't John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. What's Jax Teller's real name? The fucking uh, British guy, uh, uh, Hunnam, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't have those two people are not R D J and right. Favreau. They are not right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but but also you don't know. Like I mean, it could be good in that moment. I'm not saying they should have made that movie because I think I would have in that table gone. No, don't make this movie. Yeah, right. Right. In that position, sitting behind that desk. Um, but I, I think you looked at that movie at that point, and you're like, okay, Favreau's coming off of, like, Elf, and then the semi-Jumanji sequel, Zathura, which bombed. Right, right, right. Right? And then he would eventually get to make Jumanji. <laughs> right. And then Robert Downey Jr. is coming off of, like, Killing It and Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, which, which no one like, saw. Which, which, which was like a reward, like a return for him. Right. That was his first good movie. In, right. Uh, but it yeah. barely came out. Right. And everyone's like, why isn't, oh, God, everyone should be seeing this movie. He's so good in it. And other than that, for years, he was just doing, like, supporting parts. Like, he was the villain in the Shaggy Dog remake with Tim Allen two years before Iron Man. Shit,
0: dude. Holy shit. Like, that's
1: how quickly shit changes. God, I hope so.
0: (laughs) Not to make it about me, but God, I hope that's true.
1: (laughs) Now, even though those two guys hadn't done those specific things, they were both like fucking pros. And it was right. It was the right time. And it just, everything lined up Imagine John Favreau
0: going from swingers to Iron Man.
1: Right. (laughs) Now, I get very frustrated by what I feel is a reluctance to make the full movie because you want to save stuff for the later ones. That kills me. It should be like... It should be the whole movie should happen, and you should have to
0: bust your ass to, like Louis C.K. used to talk about, where do your closer as your opener, and then rewrite your whole act. Right,
1: I think that's a And I think that's a really
0: interesting idea for movies too. Yeah,
1: and I think good franchise, uh, good entry, bad entry. I think Fast and Furious always kind of lives by that credo
0: because it really they do stand alone as a singular movie, and you only have the background knowledge of other movies that excite you. Because to be honest, you don't know what fast and the furious is building to the 100%. last seven marvel movies we've known infinity gauntlet thanos right. and shit and it's getting tiring that we're fighting thanos light over and over again yes. and just shooting energy beams at some celestial being that's this level of indestructible yes, and blah, blah blah but i
1: think fast and furious leaves it all on the dance floor certainly in terms of you know set pieces yeah but also in terms of we talked a lot in our previous and trying episode. to top
0: themselves rather than trying to not top their next movie
1: right but the fact that Fast and Furious has become really, really indebted to soap operas, I think is really important because it's like these big emotional swings for what like the central dramatic conflict of each entry is. It's, cr- And I think Fate
0: is the first one where you're like, easy, like right. uh, we get it. Family is important. But the introduction of young Dominic yeah. and that whole sequence, which I'm when I was watching it in the theater. And Vin Diesel welled up those two possibly CGI tears. Like it looked so insane when he welled up those two giant, like I think Vin Diesel was even like, no, no, my guy has big, you know, Dominic Toretto (laughs) has big singular tears like a man. And when he welled up in that scene, I was like, oh my God. I need to be like text friends with Griffin because I need to tell
1: him <laughs> we need to be on that level. We need to be on the yeah. level
0: where I'm like live telling you like, oh boy, <laughs> like, yeah. we're we're putting our toes into some weird territory in this movie.
1: I agree. And, and look, I, I commend them for going
0: for it. Right. 100%. And, and honestly, there's saccharine emotion in all of these movies that we're talking right. about. The, these movies have just always done it like a little bit like, we talked about it when we talked about uh, the fucking Paul Walker send off. Mm-hmm. We were nearly in tears in the High and Mighty Studio talking about it because it nearly. truly was done. I mean, yeah, not nearly. Truly done with a light
1: touch. Yeah. They did not have a light touch in fate. No. And I also think, you know, I think they're just trying to find, they're backed into a little bit of a corner now. Um, my, my friend Emily Ishida, who is a film critic for New York Magazine, I think is one of the smartest people on, on pop culture right now. Her review of. Uh, fate underlined something I thought was, was really uh, spot on, which is they've lost four really big characters essentially over the course of the last two movies.
0: The two Brazilian
1: guys. Uh- <laughs> well, no, but they come back in this one. <laughs> Not as much as I want them to.
0: Right, it was great to see them. Yeah, but you
1: have you know Han and Giselle getting killed off at the end of six. Right. Uh, you know, and now na- and now Gal Gadot is like America's favorite movie star. I know they they lost like they
0: ooh it, that feels yeah. like
1: that feels like Daily Show and
0: John Oliver yeah, and right, Sam B. Right.
1: Wait, right. <laughs> No, now they're yeah. huge and everyone yeah. loves them. You had you right. had them, yeah. And people don't believe me when I tell them that she was in the Fast and Furious movies. People who have even seen the Fast and Furious, right? Because she did. She was like actress, she was number nine on the call sheet. It right. didn't matter. Now, I yeah. feel like if you were hardcore, like you and I, you understood the value of that character. And that she she added a lot. Awesome. And she was awesome. She was great. Yeah, and she turns out, and she showed it in Wonder
0: Woman, she has like a silent stoicism actress. that yeah. is like, she can be not speaking in a scene and steal your focus. She's a movie star. She's yeah, a real genuine I, wonder like, woman Asia. was so
1: fine like yeah. i I, lo- I liked it uh-huh. but sh- i loved her in it i was yeah. so pumped. yeah i mean yeah. i i love it but it, it, a lot of that is her right it's exactly. it, it's you know it's that christopher reeve thing where it's just like you yeah. just found someone who's so fully embodied this thing and it, it's, it lends the whole movie this charge right right and i think
0: like why x-men suffers without hugh jackman right Sam you kind of need that yeah, yeah.
1: that kind of thing um
0: what but if I said James Marsden at the me. end of that sentence? Right. <laughs> that's my Cyclops. <laughs> like the weirdest stance to take.
1: <laughs> Sean Ashmore, Iceman. For me, he's the heart of the franchise. I'm really proud of that poll. I was yeah, working for a three second. Poll. I was like, can we get Sean Ashmore within two seconds? Yes, I got it. <laughs> Shit, you win again, Griff. Um, um, let's get into fate. Let's talk about... Well, yeah, well, yeah. And, then, and then obviously the other big loss is... Paul Walker. You lose Paul Walker, but with Paul Walker, you lose Mia. Right, who is like... Dominic and Paul Walker's, whoops, Dom Dom and Paul's anchor. Right. So you're losing (laughs) two big emotional connections for Dom.
0: Yeah. Not to mention two,
1: and also two female leads. Yes. 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 And, uh, you know, there was a power to the fact that Mia and Brian were kind of the normal people in this universe. Weirdly. Right, they were the, they were us. They were the audience surrogates. They were the right. ones going like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And it helps that they were the ones like in the first Fast and Furious before it, the franchise turned into everything it's become. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like this when romance it was between with the cars. two of them. Yeah. Right, right. The, the kind of emotional center of that movie was... Yeah. the two of them before everyone realized like oh there's more sexual chemistry between Walker and Diesel. <laughs> yeah
0: it's like holy shit let's get him going. You yeah. know
1: but there is this very earnest story to like especially when Walker comes back to the franchise it's like oh he really just never got over this girl and the fact that he wronged her and wronged this guy and he right. just wants he loves these two people.
0: Well, And then that was another thing is like their history was huge to huge. every yeah and made sense why Dom would do anything he would do and, and uh, Brian would do anything he would do. Because
1: there's so much crazy soap opera retconning kind of stuff. The right. fact that that was like a pretty grounded emotional triangle. Right. Yeah. Like his sister, and his Brian best friend. Having this. Right. All of that. Yeah, yeah. All of that. So I think you lose a lot when you lose the two of them. Yeah. And she said, uh, Emily Yoshida, my friend, said in this review that you don't realize how important they were until you see the movie that they're not in it because they were no one's favorite characters. Right? Why they were would they be kind of bland by design? But you realize they were the bread and the sandwich. Right. It's, and now we got a lot of loose meat.
0: They're almost like when you're writing a sketch or a script and you're like, "We need a couple of lines that establish we're just in a coffee shop." Yeah. So it when it gets crazy, it makes it, you like you need the white for blue to show up on right. Yeah. And it,
1: and they were not the most glamorous characters. Right. You know, they weren't the best actors in the cast, certainly. But there was a certain sincerity that they brought to the proceedings, along yeah. with the history, you know? Right. And as Vin Diesel has become more and more of a caricature in the role, which I do not say in a negative way. No. I think I, he understands his power on screen better than any other living actor. I, I swear to God, and I think
0: Vin Diesel is doing some of his best work in Fate.
1: I agree. Yeah. But that's a weird thing that happens in Fate, is they used to be able to allow Vin to just be Vin because brian and mia were carrying a lot of the emotion for him yeah
0: and now they have to fabricate like emotion and 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 heart for him because
1: they used to have scenes where they could talk about like dom you can't do this right 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 you know and and the lady relationship is so odd what's your friend's name again i want to shout emily Emily, yoshida she's great yeah oh fuck dude yeah this Um, is i
0: i am hearing it now retroactively is justifying some of the stuff that i disliked about it so fate
1: of the furious for me is a little bit like a double down sandwich yeah, it's like that sounds great. I like all the ingredients in that, right. but then you start eating it, and you're like, "Oh, right, in bread is important."
0: In hindsight, I would have could have used a slice of bread. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just to like hold Eat it down open a little bit. Face, yeah. You yeah. know.
1: <laughs> right. One slice. Right. And I think this movie makes this poor attempt to replace Brian with Scott Eastwood. Yes. And is a fatal miscalculation. I think it's a fatal misunderstanding of what Brian added to the franchise. Yeah,
0: he's not just and in my book a hot white guy because that's what they did was just like we need a hot white dude right but yeah. also
1: that he's kind of the pill that he's sort of the lame guy in the group that he's like the straight arrow. it was fun to add a lame guy but brian wasn't a lame guy no and also there's already they have such a good comedic game going with roman as being afraid of the lead of the movie and right. being treated as the lame guy right 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 but like why add another one of those in there yes What you need is someone, and I don't know how they do it at this point. I don't, you know, my brother and I sat there after the movie, we got drinks, and we said, Who do you cast instead of Scott Eastwood, right? Right. Because this is such an energy based franchise. You're asking these actors who come in to give you some kind of vibe to add to the bouillabaisse they're building, right? And we just couldn't figure out who the right person was. Like, who in that age group is the guy? A, I would rewrite the character. I don't think that setup's correct, and I also think putting him in there and having him be Kurt Russell's assistant takes away from Kurt Russell, which sucks.
0: Right, and you, you're hurting me by taking anything away from Kurt I Russell. I don't want an
1: intermediary. The yeah. scene should be Kurt Russell giving the missions, them going out and killing it, and him showing up with a beer. Right, you know? yeah,
0: and there should be, if they want to add another character, it should be from the Rock's, whatever, uh, company or sure. arm of the armed sure. forces he's part of right and would make more sense for that person to come from there
1: i'm fine with kurt russell having a guy standing over his shoulder who he dunks on right 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 but, but sending I'm, this guy out in the missions makes kurt russell less integral to what they're doing right Because yeah. Kurt russell's like you're in charge of it he's i'll come back in yeah, 90 he's neutered minutes in a way yeah
0: right. shit and also the the amount of uh gymna- like the The amount of gymnastics they had to do to get Jason Statham to be justifiable to be part of this. Okay.
1: Now, this is my single biggest complaint of the movie. Is he killed Han. (laughs) He killed Han. Now, there was a big hashtag that stuck in the air for a while, justice for Han. Because diehard fans were really pissed off with how they treat him in this movie. Right. Because they
0: just, like, let the guy who killed him join their crew. With the only thing being, the justification being, like well, you know how you're a prisoner now. And it's like, yeah, I am, but I'm
1: not a bad guy. Well, that happened to me. It's like, well, you also killed my friend. Sure. Now, here's what bums me out. Michelle Rodriguez did this interview after the movie came out where she said, clearly, you know, just like flying off the handle, I said to the producers and everyone on set, I don't think fans are going to be really, you know, I I think we should be reacting more. The character should be more sort of opposed to him joining. There should be more tension. He should from have him. to earn it somehow. Exactly. And they said, the fans want to see Statham be part of the team. We just have to go with it. Now, what annoys me is, I don't think it's an either-or situation. I think the movie would be better if they actually, as much as it is a sweaty justification, this sense of, this is the only man who was ever able to successfully track down Dominic Toretto, is you solid have to use him. Is solid. Yes, I agree. And the movie would be more powerful dramatically if they were uneasy bedfellows. Right. Which instead they only do that with The Rock and Statham. Everyone else kind of accepts him. Right, and it makes less sense because The Rock wasn't close to Han. Right, and The The Rock-Statham And also The
0: Rock... Jumped out of a window and broke his arm.
1: Right, the State, Rock Statham thing feels like a dick measuring contest, and it's mostly played for laughs. And, and I they think just the did that with, and with they the did tour. that with
0: Rock and Toretto from exactly. Five and Six. Yeah, and exactly. that was what
1: bothered me is
0: that that relationship was the same. <laughs> and it's like I understand if you're writing these movies or producing these movies, you're taking the comedy away from Vin Diesel and giving it to the Rock and sure. Statham. Smart move, good move. And the two <laughs> of them
1: have really good chemistry together. They're yes. good together. I get yeah. that. Yeah, and they are. That prison scene is dope. Right. Yeah. But here's what they should have done. That relationship can function intact as it does in the movie, but everyone else should be like, fuck this guy.
0: When he rescues the kids, should be when they all say, like, he's not that bad of a guy. And I think you should have heard from Statham some sort of, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not regret, but, you know, some sort of, like, Guys, look, I'm sorry. We were at war. Shit happened. Right. Blah, blah, blah. I now know what you, your intentions were good. My brother is like.
1: Which instead, there's that moment where The Rock finds that, like, diploma of his military service and realizes that he was kind of brainwashed and all of that stuff. Yeah. But only The Rock finds that. Like, he only gets redemption in The Rock's eyes, who's the guy he needs to be redeemed least to. Right. Because He didn't, ki- like, The Rock wasn't friends with Han. Right. Yeah. And essentially, like, Shaw, like, knocked over a domino that resulted to all four characters being killed that we've right 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 you know because i mean well i guess he's not responsible for giselle's death uh his brother is yes but he certainly directly kills han and then in trying to get justice for han that leads to i mean well mia mia and brian don't die but they leave the group right right
0: right And that's like a different that like that's a meta outside of the movie. Sure, but the
1: family is so fractured at this point, and it is weird when you're like, oh right, if you remove Dom because you have him flip to the bad side on this one, then the group is like four people. It did feel weird, and honestly, I like the idea of Dom going
0: rogue. That's like a fun idea. Yeah, but I, there, that should be. It feels like eight makes sense. Like if you're coming up with the eighth premise, that's fine. But like it, I really didn't like, not only I didn't think I would, I hated not seeing him and Brian together, obviously. And I really hated not seeing him with anyone. Yeah. And it was really weird. Like I, Charlize was great. But isn't it now now she's a hacker and she's the best and then the
1: uh, furious gang has two, hack- two hackers who are hacking side by side which look I you can they change their characters fast and loose to fit the movie they want to make why not make one of them more of like an equipment guy and Which I, them more feel, of like I mean, a Ludacris started, started as, like a, as, as like a, the guy who put radios in their car. Right, right. Now he's like the, the like,
0: number one hacker in the world. Right. And why don't you can just casually let him take a backseat right.
1: and th- let him take over he's like, like he's the souping of the cars. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's the machinery and, nerd. She's like the literal hacker.
0: Yeah. And then you, now you have two people kind of eating each other's lunches with premise like where they're both hacking against site. And right. by the way, naming the female characters the the hacker character cypher yeah, is amazing i mean cypher rage no no cypher rage is
1: uh after earth
0: oh right right what's her name cypher is just like yeah the most standard hacker name you know yes like- yes 100 <laughs>
1: like- right um it's so 90s in a good way though it
0: does fit in like the 90s of it all in their movies yeah
1: now i know i'm doubling down on like my complaints because it, this is what i feel like you know the the things i like about the movie are harder to verbalize than the things that scare right. me and i'm scared mostly because i want them to course correct for the next one right and I'm worried about Fast 9 based on how fast and I feel like every other Fast movie is better than the previous one because they tend to because there isn't a master plan because 5 and
0: 7 are the two of the best right right and I think
1: Tokyo Drift is really good and I think 1 is is really good it's poorly directed but 2 is bad Four, four is, is the worst bad. four yeah. is very functional like four is just like we have to set these pieces back on yeah, the board have, yeah yeah <laughs> let's right. remind
0: people who everyone is and let's yeah
1: right and then six i think is fun but but is certainly lesser when yeah. viewed in between five and seven right i agree uh let, well what did we like about eight
0: uh, here's what i'll say and this is what i think fast and the furious movie, the fast and the furious movies do the best yeah which is uh what kind of big action movies do you like Okay, well, guess what? We have a set piece from each in yes. our movies. Yes. And I think that's like, they have a car chase. In this movie, it's like, you like Prison Escapes? Cool, we have a very dope Prison Escape sequence. We have a very dope car chase. We have the fucking opening Cuban car race. is like yeah. It's insane and makes no sense and... Features some of my favorite Fast and Furious stuff, which is Dominic Toretto, a.k.a. Vin Diesel, getting excited about some nation that he needs to... That
1: is... The Cuban spirit,
0: <laughs> like he's like when he says that in that movie, I'm like, how do you
1: know what the Cuban spirit like is? There's this parts of this character who's almost like Richard Attenborough, like going right. around the world and understanding cultures better than anyone else. Yeah, he's
0: like, well, I'm vaguely a minority, so I'm right. familiar with these other second world countries that right. you'll
1: be excited to hear about. Uh, that scene was perfect. That was everything I want out when of he a Fast and gives and Furious him movie. his car all, all like of out of all like, of like, it. I mean, all of it was incredible. Driving
0: backwards in a car on fire, right? and like they do check uh no one does off has gone better than Fate of, uh, oh, better than no, the Furious no. movies. It's just like, "Are you kidding? The car's going to run too hot? He's like, "Well, we'll see. It's like,
1: I wonder, just if just calling thing gets your shot fire. and paying it off <laughs> six minutes later right. right in no time right. like hey I'm gonna get a gun later
0: okay yeah. and then
1: the gun comes out Lo- but they make the fun the wind up you yeah, know yeah. it's like it's not like oh I'm forgetting about it there's that rule of like improv where like you want to do a callback the moment after the audience forgets that you planted the seed right. so that it <laughs> blows their mind
0: instead they're waiting for it it's like well they're gonna call back to so to come to wait oh my god I missed the callback
1: Fast <laughs> and Furious is essentially taking the like Lucy's football approach to like
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what she's gonna do and she's telling you right <laughs> and then I love the uh also in this movie the Statham child rescue thing it's like the first full blown comedy action set piece that they have in the movies right which I like which I thought was a smart move on their part, because it's
1: like, we're towing that line. Yeah. Let's just fucking do it. Now, I don't want them to get too self-aware. I don't want an entire movie to feel like that.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be National Lampoon's
1: Loaded Weapon, right. which I love, but I don't want it's that. It's a masterpiece. We yeah, both agree. Yeah, we don't yeah. need to qualify that. But um, <laughs> I do think the mashing of genres, the sort of Bollywood element that, that has developed in these movies where it's like, they're fucking everything now, is great. Yeah, yeah. I just think we can't see a Fast and Furious movie where everything is that tongue-in-cheek but give me one sequence that's that fucking spy versus spy. A hundred percent. Exactly. Yes. But then also give me one where they're in the rain and they're crying, you right. know, give me
0: the rock ripping a desk out of the wall and then doing curls with it. Right. Right. Give me
1: that. Right. But give me the give West side me- numbers, <laughs> right. West side Story, snapping fingers <laughs> right, on the street right, right, number. Right.
0: Like, right. yes, it's shit, dude. Again, you're killing me. The Bollywood thing is so true. We're And that's what these movies are like genre lists, if you yes. will, where it's like, it's espionage. It's, it's uh, small time drama. It's big action set pieces. It's a right. submarine and Ferrari chase on ice or whatever. Right, right. And why and- does Roman take a Lamborghini with no fucking chains on the tires? Like they have access to everything. He can put snow tires yeah. on the Lamborghini. And mean, just smart. He takes
1: a tank. <laughs> yeah. Takes the rip cord.
0: Yeah, but he takes a fucking like uh, purple Lambo on ice. I mean, you could argue they're he actually playing the
1: characters' game well.
0: Well, because no, Roman's an idiot, right? You know? He's uh, right. But you also can argue he's that, trying like, to showboat. Yeah. He can he can do that on ice. These guys yeah. are professional drivers, right? Remember, <laughs> like,
1: right? That's <you laughs> how so they not, all started yeah. sort of as right. drivers, right? <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he was a rally car driver, right? <laughs> or <laughs> demolition derby oh, yeah. and too fast. <laughs> uh, of course that was his profession Yeah. Uh, he now he's the face now he's the guile of well, a fucking organist that's, that's the best thing about the opening uh, uh, Cuba sequence a, the okay. fact that, that was the first American movie to film in Cuba in like fucking 40 50 years whatever it <laughs> makes been. it so perfect right which is like incredible
0: but also I mean, the fact of, also of course it was I think Vin Diesel understands like international appeal more than any other world. hundred percent. Like is the triple X and we talked about a little bit on the yes. last one. The Triple X movies is like got Donnie Yen, a huge British right. soccer star, an Asian DJ you don't know. Right. And right. Ruby like, Rose. Like, right, like exactly like, these people uh, yeah. who are like have million are maybe not aren't the best actors or known as actors right. even. He knows that they have followings and like it would be exciting to put them all in a movie together.
1: Right. And yeah. that's like It's like fucking putting Johnny Unitas in your movie. You know what I mean? It's like... uh, But like Triple X, which was barely a franchise, like two lone wolf movies with different actors (laughs) that both, like the first one people weirdly kind of saw out of obligation because everyone was like so into Vin Diesel post Fast and Furious. (laughs) And the second one bombs. And then the third one, like he reconstructs the franchise into being another like family team movie. Right, yeah. Which is like, I find something fascinating about the fact that like, even though Vin Diesel's clearly like, a Stallone-Schwarzenegger-esque movie star who's like a black hole that the movie has to like fold in around. The entire right. film has to like... He's like an ego-driven... lunatic, right. Yeah, yeah. He also shares the spotlight a lot. He
0: knows how to do that well. He knows right. who to put in the movie. Like... The Rock is one of the biggest movie stars, if not yes. the biggest movie star yeah. right now. And Vin Diesel knew how to put him in the movie, but still force him to be second banana to right. Vin Diesel.
1: But also, like, Triple X3, like, belly flopped here, did like $40 million. I'm but sure overseas did overseas. like $350 million. Of course, of because course. Because he's looking at the bigger picture. Like, he's a global movie star who understands, A, that some of these weird, like, tonal emotional shifts, like a Bollywood film, are things that people are more used to in, like, yeah, that's kind of the sensibility of, like, Korean cinema or, like, right, this or that. Yeah. He's making movies that translate better because they have these wild oscillations and tone. And also, that's what, like, foreigners, at least in my right. opinion, the foreign movies are
0: big comedy, big action, yeah. big emotion. Right. Like, that's, like, the things that make them work. When right. you, Even, like, the old, like, Shaw Brothers martial arts yes. movies were, like, weeping over a grave right. into cutting someone's guts out into flying through the air with stars whipping past them. You right. You know, like... Where it's, like... like anime it's yes. like live action manga in a way right. yeah
1: and american action movies have always been defined by this certain sense of self-seriousness where you go like do they know this is funny or not right and, and that, fast and furious is like we get it we know what we're doing right. but we're also actually but need to actually just the care.
0: light kid touch just the light kid touch is all you need yeah right right like the the the, the jason statham saving the baby sequence is like all i want in uh, out of my right as because deep as in tongue-in-cheek i want them to all be busting each other's balls i love roman On the car door, getting stuck under the ice. Like, he gets. And we we have a little bit of a disagreement about Roman because he annoyed me in previous movies. And I like him a lot. Yeah, you like him a lot. But he's the the strongest in this movie. And I think it's weird because, like, without Paul Walker there, they kind of let Roman be the straight man and the idiot. Which is like a interesting, where he's like,
1: "What are we doing? No way, we're doing." You know, like he gets to play that stronger. Well, also, because of that vulnerability inherent to his character, the fact that he's got this disconnect between how he views himself and how everyone else views him, yeah. the complex and all of that, I think you could start putting some emotional weight on Roman's shoulders. I think. I don't so know too. if that's a crazy, crazy idea, but I would try to give him a real emotional. Give arc him in the next a, movie, what's you, her name,
0: Melindra from Game of Thrones, the uh, language expert that uh, yeah. who is the hacker in this movie. Let him land with her. I like the ludicrous him
1: competing for her thing, but I think it's going to be stronger if he gets it. I'm going to throw you a hot pitch, okay? Uh Oh, I like this. Here's the thing I would do. I know I already said, like, keep... Tej the gearhead make Ramsey you know be the Ramsay, hacker that's her name yes. another thing you could do is have them just get together and have them be like a fucking insane like two headed monster right. hacker couple yes yes like madly in love sort of like and let them get um honeymooner
0: dialogue of right. just like no 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 we yep. have to go backdoor Trojan backdoor Trojan come on right. you gotta do firewall I'm right. using uh, two vocab terms right. I know
1: <laughs> now here's who I think you need to bring into the franchise uh oh I love this because we tease and we got to get to this at the end of our episode. I know we're getting close to that. Uh, some of our, our dreamless people to. Yes. Add yes. We teased that in our previous episode and forgot to do it. So we got to do it. <laughs> on this one. Right. We will do it. Right.
0: Probably next right yeah. after
1: this. Yeah. I think they got to go through the archives. First of all, Brazilian brothers, bring them back full force. They rule they really are great it's a really fun
0: dynamic to have two they're like your Rosencrantz and Guildenstern yes they're like what are we doing here And we don't even speak the same language as anyone yeah. they get to do all like they, they can be and they have been they were
1: like legitimate slapstick Correct. you know what I mean Like which pl- I love yeah. They're, yeah. they're like the pill bugs from A Bug's Life <laughs> right 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 they're right. like tuck and roll <laughs> right what a great ref right thank there. you that, and now that, I'll tell you that was not a hard pull for me no. that's right up on the first two that's on the top shelf I'm for more me. of an <laughs> ants guy <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but I think uh, bring them back in. Yes. Uh, I, I think they're very crucial in that sense. I would advise the makers of the franchise, the gatekeepers to, uh, keep the Shaw family in the picture, but as almost a satellite family like Kurt Russell
0: level of involvement,
1: right? Yes. I, Helen Mirren fucking rules in the movie. She's I want more so, of her. Dude, that was great. Right. I fucking
0: love her. And She's it should so- be
1: her, you know, you know, Leading her two sons. Yeah. Introduce another one if you want. I don't know who the third British guy is to include there, but I'd love Colin to see. Colin Firth. <laughs> Great. Great.
0: I mean, after Kingsman, you know yeah. he can handle wild action. Yes. In Michael Caine. Okay. Oh, fuck. Michael Caine should be the dad. Uh, the dad. Yes. Oh, God. Okay, Holy but I shit. like
1: them being this little crime family. They're a satellite, uneasy alliance, but sometimes, yeah. We, we have know.
0: to go to UK for one set piece.
1: They help out. Right, right. Yeah. That he's almost... Th- that family is the name more to their Fantastic Four. Right, exactly. Like they have exactly. their own interests. Sometimes those interests will overlap. Sometimes we gotta go in the water, right. call the Samaritan. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right, okay. But I, here's a big move. I think they need to bring back a character who was previously established as being a co-worker of Hobbes, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but also an ex-girlfriend of... Brian, now out of the picture, Eva Mendes has right. to rejoin the family. They that tease makes her sense. her again in five, slapping right. down the Letty dossier. Right. She should be part of it. And I think they should pair her up with Roman. Ooh, I like that. And she's, I mean, she's like that
0: perfect level for fast... And the Furious franchise, where she is big but not working currently, right? Yeah, like that's like the level of people you're looking at in in the Furious movies.
1: I would also, I I think an interesting way to make the next movie work is make it very couples based. (laughs) That's interesting because that is the one vibe you don't have, and you lost it with Brian and Mia and Giselle and Han. Right. You know, and the Shit, and dude. the Letty Dom thing is existing on such a weird plane of emotions. And,
0: and, and was arguably uh, not even dabbled in in this movie because of the right. whole split. And yeah. they've
1: both taken heel turns where it's like hard to connect to that as a real romance. Right. They've both taken
0: turns being complete bad guys to their own group of friends. Right. And it's crazy that she doesn't fucking like mention when Dom's going off. It's like, She's like, "What's wrong with him?" And she's never like, "I mean, I did this three months ago." <laughs> <Yeah>. like- <laughs> the timeline's also
1: so weird with yeah. when that baby yeah, was I have, born.
0: I have no idea when that may have happened. And I think they should do the movie ten years. The kid should be ten, yeah. and he should be.
1: It should be Manny from <laughs> Modern Family, <laughs> and he should be a huge part of the movie. I also agree that they should they should jump ahead enough to make the kid talk.
0: Right, right. It should be. All I the- think the kid's got to talk because you don't want it, I don't the, want a fucking baby sit,
1: sitcom rules is yeah, like right. the kid is just seven the second season right. you know and, like and no, one's, no one's gonna throw their hat on the ground if they go what Fast and Furious is playing loose with chronology <laughs> yeah right timelines? we've lost anyone who cares about timelines right. already right oh that's fucking cool but I would really double down on the family thing and be like this is almost like a couple's retreat yeah action I, movie well I
0: would like Fucking crazier! Like, why can't it be like Chaz Palminteri is Dominic Toretto's dad, and yeah. we thought he was dead, but he's been in jail for like ten years, and he's got like something's going on with him, and he yeah. comes to Toretto in like a moment Ricardo of like Ricardo O'Mansebon would have
1: been perfect. Oh, Chaz Palminteri would yeah, be good even too. better than yeah. Chaz Palminteri. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so let's let's get into it. Who do Oh, we... oh and then the second thing is, I, no, I, sorry. I'm totally happy to have Charlize Theron be the villain in the next movie, but let her actually get her hands dirty.
0: Right, it felt weird. I loved seeing Tormund Giants Bane or whatever his yeah, name is. Yes. But,
1: like, let's see her fucking off some people like, it's like we know that like fucking Charlize is like one of the best action stars alive like secretly yeah, yeah. we just saw Atomic Blonde she's, which I didn't love but she's fucking she's the best fucking part amazing. of it in and also way. like Mad Max Fury Road much like right. no one's better at behind the wheel acting than Charlize right right how come we're not she's not driving she's like yet. in a computer lab in a plane yeah and dreads come right. on like, well I was down with that I think that's like I, I just in imagined... a movie that's
0: really touches on cultural stuff well to have the one dreadlock character be the I love the
1: idea that she came in with a picture of Rachel Dolezal and was like, (laughs) how close can you bring me to this? Get me the Dolezal, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I think I want to see her be a physical adversary now. Right.
0: And I think she can be, right? 100%.
1: Especially now she's jumped out of the plane.
0: I know. It's crazy. But I think they need... like. I think the movie needs like a fucking rewash where we like lose yeah. Scott uh, Eastwood or whatever Correct. handsome motherfucker.
1: BT yeah, good looking yeah. guy, but wouldn't kick him out of bed,
0: right? But we yeah. don't need handsome. We, we do have
1: not. Vin Diesel. we need heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have the most handsome man in the history. Uh, of we something. don't
0: need comic relief because that would stand out too much in this movie. You can't add like Galifianakis as right. someone like right. It would stand you. We're talking, you don't go harder comedy than Tyrese. Yeah. So you can't have anyone who actually has any comedic chops. Right. Because that is like not the level of this movie. We're talking one-liner style. But I'm sa- like, we don't need a Bruce Willis because that eats Kurt uh, Russell's lunch. Sure. We have Kurt. We don't need any other old guy who we're excited to see right. in a movie. I mean, to I get. talk about
1: Jean I really like, I think shit, would be dude. a good fucking fit. Shit, I think she's dude. got yeah the exact right vibe to fit into it, and she's my new favorite movie star she's so good that would be
0: awesome she's and like, this goes with like, this doesn't matter as much because she's a female actress and she's very talented, but she is goddamn beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she's like one of those people who are like, I'm like, how have I not seen you yet? Like, and and yeah. it's
1: that weird, like 1940s movie star thing right, where you just you're like,
0: like. You see her in like five different looks with five completely yeah. different hairstyles and you're like, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. I would love to see her in any capacity, any side. Right. Of the battle, right. right. right? Oh, I she'd, think she'd be a really good fit. My top guy I wanted for years, but now I think it it almost would be overpowering to put him in there, was Keanu. But right, I think but John now he's Wick has big. so much become its thing. Right, right. He would have
0: been great pre-John He would have been a great bad guy. You don't really
1: seem to agree. play evil. I think if they hadn't made John Wick 2, and I'm happy they did, and I'm happy the John Wick franchise is healthy.
0: Right, right. But I think if they hadn't made John Wick 2... This would
1: be Keanu's big blockbuster. Right, You're right.
0: Oh, shit, that would have been fucking cool. You know? Yeah, who is, who is like like around that same level that could be great to pop up as a bad guy or like to collaborate with Cypher in this neck. like who's like Keanu's because Keanu's right. the right age too like
1: which is hard yes
0: yeah which is like it's hard to find that age that's right like fuck
1: here's a person I think would also be a very good villain Salma Hayek ooh Ooh, I don't yet. know if you saw Savages, the Oliver
0: Stone movie. I did, and I loved She's it. Really fucking I good in weirdly that. Weirdly liked it And yeah. it's despite having Riggins, who is like ruined every movie. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit, that would fuck, dude. I mean, and now again, maybe I'm only thinking this because you said uh, John Wick, but Liguizamo would be awesome. <laughs> yes, and he is playing like a car mechanic, so maybe it's a little too uh, lateral. But shit, I would. I mean, we both know we would love to see Keaton, but now I think with him in Spider-Man, it feels like he's got too many big budget movies that he's dead. Like I I agree. Like seeing Kurt Russell in this movie before Kurt Russell really came back was exciting. You know what I mean? Yes, yes.
1: And it was cool to see like, oh man, he's in like Guardians of the Galaxy and Fast and Furious. Like he's now become the elder statesman of the biggest franchises. so fucking dope. Um, You know, just because the movie's always got a toe in like respecting the history of car movies. It would be nice to get like a one scene cameo from Burt Reynolds before he dies. I know it's kind of a completely different world of car films right right that would
0: be f- a flashback
1: yeah <laughs> that would be fucking awesome right or like
0: yeah why Why wouldn't Burt Reynolds be why wouldn't T- Toretto drag race Burt Reynolds in that in one of their random cold open scenes they're in like Dubai Oh, they've done Dubai it would right. have to be what's the hot new let's guess the location of the opening of this movie what's like the hottest new Guam I truly <laughs> think with the whole Korea thing or North Korea even yes I feel like they would shoot a scene in like Korea like Under the auspices that it's North Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Like the second we solve things in North Korea, Fast and Furious will shoot a cold open there. Well, they
1: also, (laughs) because I was just hearing the reports when they were filming and they were saying they were filming in Reykjavik. So I was like, okay, they're going to Iceland. That's an interesting thing. And then I go to see the movie and it's like, no, it's Russia. They shot in Iceland because, of course, they didn't want to shoot in Russia, but they're making it Russia. This film is obviously unafraid to like hold their finger right above yeah, the Yeah, one of my favorite
0: conceits of action movies and one of my favorite tropes, and it's big time in this movie, yeah. is like when you get to justify your hero's murdering, and yeah. they literally say, uh, but it's in Russian space. It's like, no, all the Russians are out. It's only terrorists. It's yeah. like, oh, cool. So we could kill whoever we want, and the audience won't think we're fucked up. And they're right. like, yup. Yeah. And then, wait a minute, let's, before we get out of here, I gotta say, Roman cracking wise throughout that whole snow car chase but then point blank ranges kills three dudes that was a little tonally off I, agree, I thought him. when he puts a gun to the guy's head at like point blank range and pulls the trigger, he's like, yeah. how come nobody gives me no respect? I'm like, oh my God, have a little moment. You, you're you openly, and that's close combat murder. That's not something you see a lot in fa- uh, in the Furious no. movies. and
1: that uh, felt like almost a contractual thing where he's like, can I have one movie can star I have moment? The bad, yeah, right. that's the, and they me were and like, like, uh, always uh, that, that's the
0: Stefan Urkel thing where it's like, sure. can I be cool in this yeah, scene? And right, you're like, right.
1: fine. <laughs> right, right," which is a big part of these movies is you can tell they're a negotiation between all these different star egos, which right, is some of the fun. I like, I'm not
0: going to lose a fight. And it's like, right. well,
1: we got to demonstrate how powerful the rock is. He's like, how about a tie? Right, <laughs> like, right. all right, <laughs> right. fine. <laughs> now here's my delayed answer to who, you know, I think they, as you said, went, Oh, who's a handsome kind of boring white guy. Yeah. With Scott Eastwood. And, uh, you know, to have him be the kind of suit character, which I think you do kind of need. Not the guy they're all dunking on, but the guy who's kind of the stick in the mud, like right. boy scout in it's the like, group. I
0: don't know, guys, this doesn't seem legal. Right, right. Yeah. right.
1: I think you do need that. The company man. Yeah. That dude, okay? But you need someone with better comedic chops and someone with a certain amount of uh, uh, sincerity. Because that's the big thing that Paul Walker had going for him. He was not the world's greatest actor. I no. love him. He was my darling baby boy, and I miss him every day. And he uh, was handsome, but not like... Uh, he was not like
0: all he is is looks sure there there was was something about integrity
1: to him just where he seemed honest you know uh here's who i would bring in as a suit john cho shit dude that would be fucking banging john cho is i think quietly one of the best straight men in hollywood holy shit yeah he's really
0: good you're talking we're talking harold and kumar yeah right Yeah. yeah
1: The dude's good. The dude's a fucking good actor. Yes. He can do action. He could do comedy. We've seen it. So he can have some of he's those He's great moments. looking. Yeah. And no one ever gives him enough to do. Shit, dude. That's a really good call. And I think energy wise, he's a good replacement for Paul Walker, but with more legitimate acting with chops. With more chops. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Shit, dude. Oh, man. That's a good one. John Cho for Fast
1: 9. So those would be my big additions.
0: Someone I on Twitter said, Fast 10 better be called Fast 10 your seatbelts. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: <laughs> like that's really funny to me
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um john Cho. holy shit that's a fucking that's a great one that's a good i mean i ju- and it's maybe because i just saw her in a movie but
1: S- scarlett johansson she's a little she's a yeah. little
0: um adjacent to our uh to Charlize a little well, bit Well, what
1: i would do is i would develop like another family and have her be Charlize's younger sister Oh shit! That's a smart. Because I love mode. that model of like, here's one type of person, then we're just gonna cast someone else play right, the right, same yeah. You're character. Right? you like this British guy. <laughs> right, right.
0: Now he was pretty good in this movie. We can get a more famous British <laughs> guy right. for the second one. <laughs> That's a great method, right? We, I think we need to introduce someone from Toretto's past too. I agree, and I who's think- like his old buddy, who is maybe he may like, because he had like a he was in jail for a little bit, yeah, like an old jail friend. You know what I mean? Right? Like, uh, and again, this is based on just what I've watched recently. Yeah. imagine like. Michael K. Williams is uh, Toretto's buddy from prison. And he's out and he's got a scoop on some activity that he's like, nah, you're not doing this without me, bro. And he just tags along. Like, that's fucking exciting.
1: But I think you also... I mean, you were kind of making it as a joke, uh, but I I think... And it's not outlandish to, at this point, reveal the long-thought-dead Toretto father. Right. Would be a good move. They've had people come back to life six times. (laughs) Like, might
0: as well let it be someone who's, like, cute. And then you're looking at an age bracket not represented in the movie previously. And that's fucking exciting. I mean, there's De Niro. (laughs) I was going to say it.
1: I was going to say it. Because they've sort of like coded the character more as Latino over the course of the last couple of films, but he is Italian. Right. He's Dominic Toretto. Right, yeah. right.
0: <laughs> but he does play it like he's like...
1: that's familiar. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. I drink the Corona. <laughs> I drink Corona.
0: Yeah. I work on cars. I go to Cuba and Brazil. Right. And they're like they're all completely different nations, but they all speak Spanish right. <laughs> or <Right>.
1: Portuguese. <laughs> Which is, I, let's just go back around to my favorite sequence in the movie. My favorite thing in the movie is Dominic Torell just trying to enjoy a honeymoon in Cuba and everyone's like... Dominic Doretto huh? I've heard a lot about you and he's just trying to enjoy his honeymoon in Cuba but he goes to a car show it's right. like everyone's gonna know you at a car show but I just love that word travels where right. like immediately everyone knows him by sight by name by <laughs> yeah, reputation yeah. he's
0: never been to Cuba no American has yeah. and everybody knows who he is because he used to drag race cars <laughs> <laughs> and ran a
1: decent body part shop um, right yeah who knows what his fucking real lore is but he's like the modern day Jesse James he's like the world's most famous outlaw, who we all love to hate, right? He really is, and yeah. he's fuck and dude. Name and no other movie like Star
0: Wars is my favorite. Like the original trilogy is like what got me into movies yeah. and arguably art in general. Yeah, and that those movies haven't been as strong for eight movies as uh, right. Fast and the Furious is, which is
1: crazy. So this is my final note I would throw out. All right, I think the big thing they have to do, and obviously, you know, these movies have to top each other. They have to go bigger in a certain yeah. sense. Certainly with the imagination of the set pieces. I think they need to find a way to make the stakes of the next one feel very, very small. Feel small. Right. Right. I think a good model for that is like Spectre.
0: Yes, where it's like like one, like it's only dangerous to Toretto.
1: Right. And like Quantum of Solace got too big. They sort of lost the plot. And And it's hard
0: to top a, a terrorist who wants the world to blow each other up. Right. In Cypher. So now I think you shrink it down to Toretto's kid is in danger. Yeah. You shrink it down to that small. Because and it's Toretto, kid, and he's like, guys, I got this. It does give like,
1: us a good emotional Achilles heel for right. Dom. Something that can fuck him up. But then the problem is, him having to be bad overrides that. Right. And the other bummer of the movie is you don't get to see Dom work with the team which unbalances the film because Dom has to have as much screen time or more than anyone else. Right. You don't need to see the bad guy's machinations as much. Right. But Dom can only do scenes with the bad guys. Right. Because he's far away from everyone else. Yes. So like that's kind of a bummer. Get him back in there. Get the kid. Put the kid in danger. Bring his dad into the picture. Right. Make it feel very, very personal. Yeah. You know. Bring
0: fucking uh, Brian's like a... a, a a friend of Brian's or a friend of someone who's died, like Han, like John Cho could be John Han's buddy. could easily
1: buddy. be, yes, yes. Like, who's like,
0: hey, this motherfucker here, I'm hunting Statham, I run into you guys. Or an
1: FBI agent who worked with Brian. There are yeah, a number of ways you got it all retcon yeah. him into the past. Right, it's easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah Mendez is right there, just grab her off the table. Fuck,
0: yeah, good call, dude. Also, the other way to think about it, and we really should wrap up. Yeah, this uh, is the end of the episode. This is the end of the episode. But another thing is like, another good way to look at fa- the Fast mu- movies is, what nationality isn't present? Yes. Like, we have to have modest Yahoo or something. join Like, right. some Orthodox Jew or uh, a, like a, a Middle Eastern guy. Laverne like, Cox. Uh, yeah. You know? like, uh, yeah fuck dude yeah holy shit now you got me (laughs) you got me excited Laverne Cox would be fucking awesome
1: Laverne like let's get a hashtag on Laverne Cox for Fast 9 yeah And also obviously goes without saying John Gaber's Griffin Newman. Both oh, yeah, in film, yeah. Both and in
0: we want to move our heads as two cars race by. Yes. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. I want the I want the chunk squeeze my soda <laughs> scene. You know what I mean?
1: I'll have a hot dog. I'll <laughs> yeah. squeeze it out of the bun. Like, that's all we need is that moment of just the two of us going, oh. Huh? Or I've told you the other one, which is, uh, excuse me, you're not allowed in here without ID. They hold up a gun. I go, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's fine. That's a great one. Oh, right? that's a fucking great one. Would yeah. love to do that.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, or, or uh, fucking... Uh, What's his name? Tev? <laughs> uh, what's uh, Ludacris's name? Chris Tez. Tej. Tej jumps in my cab. He's like, "Smack!" And I'm like, I'm getting out of here. You know, like I want that little one scene where I'm right. like, are you kidding me, bro? I don't own this thing. And I jump out. That right? would
1: be a great... A great scene is you're the cab driver, the Uber driver, driving one of the family members. They're trying to give you directions. Yeah. And, and they're you're like, like, oh, what? You're some fucking car expert? Yeah.
0: They're like, and the directions are like, drift here through the tunnel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, smash into reverse yeah. 95 and through do the You even Lincoln know th- how to drive? <laughs> <laughs> Me? You never had me. <laughs> yeah. You never had... Look, guys, let's wrap it up here. Griffin, we're going to continue to live our lives one quarter mile at a time. That's all we can do. That's all we can do here. Uh, Griffin, as
1: always, your uh, hit us with your Twitter. Uh, Griff Lightning on all social media platforms. Yes. Uh, and My then, podcast is called Blank Check with Griffin and David, and The Tick is available now on Amazon Prime. Dude,
0: check out The Tick, guys, and definitely listen to bl- uh, Blank Check pod, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, which yeah. You will be Blank on someday pod. when I, we...
1: Uh, are able to work out our, our coasts and schedules I want I want together. to do
0: it. I love screaming about movies. I have yeah, strong, I like uninformed that. opinions um, about everything.
1: But yeah, but watch watch The Tick. I used it as sort of my audition reel for Fast and Furious. The sun coordinator on the film, on on the series, was the stunt coordinator, one of the stunt coordinators on Fast and Furious. And I kept on telling Shit, him, like, would you just tell Vin that like I, I can do the stunts? I'm pretty good at like replicating It would be awesome if like, you appeared in Fast 9, but only as Arthur <laughs> would be such a... I laugh. would take it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I would take it. Um, um, but six episodes available
0: now. And, and more to
1: come. Six coming soon. Oh, yeah.
0: that's awesome, man.
1: And congratulations
0: on all your success. And, and thank you so up. much for doing another... Yes, uh, I, I'm so happy we worked it out. And I know we say this, but Fast 9 will come. And so will the return of Griff Lightning to High and Mighty,
1: <laughs> right? We got it <laughs> unquestionably. <laughs> yeah, and let's let's officially let's call it now. We are on texting level. Yes, let's te- well, let's text about Fast Nine News. We have going to do it. All right, yeah. fair enough. Cool.
0: As always, I'm at John Gabrus on Twitter. No H's. Um, check out uh, gabrus.com/slash-shirts if you want to buy shirts. And uh, keep being shitty shitheads. Bye, shitheads.